I am Betty Collins, and this is Inspiring Women, a podcast presented by my company, Bradyware. This is the podcast that advances women toward economic and social and political achievement. And I, Betty Collins, am here to inspire you today on your journey in life, which includes so many things. This is all about you. I am thankful that you're listening, but more importantly, that you're investing time in yourself. You can find more about inspiring women in this episode on the resources tab at bradyware.com. So today is um, just a really unique guest. I've always uh, just admired her, seen her a lot in in the the events that are around town of Columbus, Ohio, and she's always a big advocate for women, and she's she's just really cool. And I always call her the Marilyn Monroe of uh, my life because she's just got the beauty of that, the hair, the whole thing. But but and those are just some you know she's got a unique side to her. She's tenacious and she just gets out there. And but at the same same time, you know, sometimes we, we tend to be, we can be unique, but are we, are we intentional and are we effective? Right. And it's not even about, um, I'm going to be tenacious, so I'll be effective. No, I'm going to be effective. And I'm just happen to be tenacious. I don't know which one's better, but, but so today I have Lindsay Stencil. She is just a rock star in what she does. And, and it's a man's world, what she does, and she makes it look really easy from a distance. So Lindsay, welcome today. And I'm just honored mm-hmm. that you would take some time to be with us today. I know you're a really busy uh, person. No, and this got, is great. Okay, great. So <laughs> the first question I'm going to ask, and I always hate reading bios because, uh, um, you know, I'm reading them. I'd rather the person hey, t- take two or three minutes and just tell us who you are, you know, what you do. And then we're going to get into your story, which I can't wait to hear. So. Sure. So, um, Lindsay Karras stencil and, um, I am born and raised in Buffalo, New York, and I'm a diehard Buffalo Bills fan <laughs> to this day. Maybe this is our year. Yeah, it might be, um, it might be. <laughs> And um, I went to high school in that area, college in that area where I played Division One lacrosse and was student body president and then finally spread my wings to go to law school. Did my first year of law school out in New Jersey. Didn't love that. Okay. I'm not sure if I didn't love New Jersey or I didn't love the school. And so I said, okay, I'm going to transfer to something more Midwestern. Yep. And that brought me to the Ohio State University where I did another year of schooling and then... I uh, still didn't really love being a lawyer, which is funny because today I play lawyer full yeah. time, uh, <laughs> but we'll get there. Yeah. And I, um, I, you know, and it's one of the things I advocate a lot of people do, you know, it's just saying yes and jumping in um, if your gut says yes. So right. I ran into after my second year of law school, after my second year of, you know, working in during the summer, had a job lined up, like everything was, you know doing what it's supposed to do if you're in law school, right? right? And I just wasn't happy. And I ran into someone who was talking about the uh, Fisher Business School programs mm-hmm. to include the MBA. And I just approached him afterwards and I said, hey, I'd love to get an MBA someday. I just don't know when I'm going to do it. And I'm old. So at the time, the business school was on quarters at OSU and the, re- and the law school was on uh, semesters. So I was six weeks deep in my last, you know, fall semester of law school and 
uh, I jumped ship and took a full-time MBA program course load and kept my night classes in the law school. So I graduated with both degrees. And that's what set me on a path into venture capital. My first full-time job was in a family of venture funds, NCT Ventures in Columbus, Ohio. I worked there for full-time for 12 years. Um, I started as a wee little associate and then bought and scratched and clawed my way up. And we can talk all about that Um, to become one of the managing partners and chief legal officer there. Uh, In the interim, I'd accidentally started a law firm as one does because I saw a need in the marketplace to help startups and venture funds in the area because at the time venture and startup work was very nascent in Ohio and the Midwest generally. And so I saw an opportunity to provide legal services the right way and at an affordable cost and I didn't intend to do anything but pay off my student loans. And it turned into this megalith of a thing that I needed to manage. And we can talk about that too. Yeah. Um, and while that was happening, I was also running two different CrossFit gyms, one here and one in Buffalo, my hometown. And um, that was a lot. And I also took on a role as chief investment officer for an organization in Buffalo called Launch New York, um, where I ran the most active seed fund in the state, one of the top 10 most active in the country for four consecutive years mm. before um, 2019, where I had a little bit of a health scare. And it sort of said to me, like, hey, what's the biggest priority in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made some decisions to sell my law firm or roll it into Thompson Hine. So I'm a partner in Thompson Hine now and I sit within the new ventures practice, which represents startups. And then I also oversee fund formation for the firm. So think venture funds, hedge funds, PE funds, real estate funds, all that kind of stuff sits under um, my purview now. And that's what I get to do day to day. And there's some other things I do too. You know, I teach at the law school and, um, that's fun, but it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, I recently launched a nonprofit too, because I'm really big on entrepreneurial wellness. And I think it's one of the things that, um, hinders founders abilities to be rampantly successful because they just get caught up, um, right. in mental health issues, physical health issues, or financial health issues. Right. So if you haven't heard the energy in her, <laughs> then you kind of just, you might as well end the podcast now because her energy and passion is so there. And one of the reasons that I have such a respect for is, I mean, it's a tough environment and the VC is tough. I mean, it's not anything that you just jump in and go do. I mean, it's, you know, it's relationship, it's boldness, it's going. So now that we've heard, hey, here's where I am right now today. When you started out in the journey, you know, and 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 you're going up the hill, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the hills of 2020 and 21 and where the environment is today. Mm-hmm. Can you take us back to those times where you had some, wow, um, I don't, how am I going to navigate this? And, and what were your barriers, you know, in that whole navigation of, no, but this is what I really want to do, but I've got these barriers and, and the navigating's tough. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So that's a really great question. Uh, so when I first started out in venture, it was, 2008, 2009. And if we finally look back (laughs) on that time, um, it was one of the worst economic times Mm -hmm. in in history, really, in the U.S. It was just atrocious. And um, I was lucky enough, right? I did get a job. I was one of the 13% of people in my graduating law school class to get a job and not have their job rescinded. So that was great. Um, 
but it was a really, you know, tough time because well, for a litany of reasons, you know, one law school and taking four years of graduate work. Um, I was lucky enough to not have undergraduate student debt, but Good. law school and MBA program, very expensive. Right. Um, and when you carry, you know, law, uh, law student loans and things like that, it, forces you to make decisions in certain ways. Right. So it kind of handcuffs you. So I always joke with people. I'm like, you know, one of the things I learned is to own a FEO and I won't say the word on the podcast. Right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. We'll bleep that um, out. I, yeah. <laughs> but what I mean by that is that you always want to be in a position where you can make the decisions that are best for you. Mm-hmm. And whether that's for your career, for your family, for your mental health, whatever, because what I found is that I had to make certain decisions in my career, which I mean, ultimately worked out very, very well. But, um, you know, part of the reason to start a law firm was to pay those student loans down faster. I had mm-hmm. a full-time job while that was happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're layering on an additional full-time job to make something go away. And so it was a blessing because it, gave me something that I have now and I'm very, very grateful, but I really do encourage people to really think about, you know, in any scenario that you're in, like how can you be in a power position where if something isn't a good fit for you or something, you know, isn't working for you, you can make decisions accordingly that are best for you and for your health. Um, The next layer of that was actually something I didn't really recognize because when I started at my family of funds. Um, I just put my head down. I loved the work. I thought it was like super interesting, super fun. I was very engrossed in it. Um, I was, and one of the things I also tell people is like, get really good at your craft. I got really good at the craft because Mm -hmm. I was in the craft 60 hours a week, head down, like didn't leave my desk, you know, and it wasn't really until 2013, 2014, where I started to kind of pop my head out more. Um, and take more meetings. And basically I had this personal philosophy of take every meeting. So every person who reached out to me to build my network, I made, you know, conscious effort to take all of those. But I also said, Hey, if this person isn't like a great fit for some sort of relationship with, with me, they could probably lead me to the next person who is. And so that ultimately led me to be able to be what I would classify as a super connector because my network now is so big and broad because I was very generous with my time. So I think giving is very important. Um, But the other piece of it is that my head was down. I was working so hard. I was trying to be the best I could be. I started to come up for air and I had lots of people who would come up to me and be like, you know, you're the only woman in the room always, right? And I never even noticed it because I was just doing my job. Like, right. shame on me. I should have been better about that. You know, in, in retrospect, I, I I should have. But I was just doing my job. And then I realized, like, holy smokes, I have a responsibility. Because if I'm one of the few people who was able to get a role that's like this and start to pave a pathway for other females and diverse um, individuals to come. Right man, I better like do it right so that their their path is a little bit easier uh, than maybe mine was because it wasn't easy. You know, I had tons of people who I would be in the meeting. They wouldn't even look at me when I would ask them a question. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, 
I, I had people who would blatantly ignore me and pretend like I wasn't in the room. I had people who asked me if my dad was coming to the meeting to, you know, supervise me. I had people at countless opportunities tell me to go get them their coffee. And I was like, um, did you see who the meeting is with? Like, go get me coffee. Like, right. <laughs> exactly, <sorry>. exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was just really, um, it was hard for a long time and it still is hard. Don't get me wrong. Like there's still some of that in everyday right. life. There's a lot of it really in my industry, but slowly, but surely I like to think that it's getting slightly better. <laughs> you, you know, we were just at an event together uh, with the Columbus Metropolitan Club and yeah. you know, we're Mary Lazarus with Lazarus, a big name back in the day in Columbus. And she was invited to speak at a lunch, right? And, but they had to bring her in the back door because it was a men's club only. Unreal. And you and I don't relate to that, right? So it's certainly gotten better because we, we were the topic at lunch, but um, yeah. you know, it's interesting when, when you talk about, Hey, control your decisions, indecision is not good, know your craft. Um, and then you were a giver in, hey, I'm going to get these relationships and build my network. But the be aware moment of I am the only woman in the room. And I've had that where I went, I didn't get that. And that's one reason why I'm passionate about my women's initiative internally, because I'm like, I have a responsibility yeah. to make sure the women that are coming up beneath me see it. Okay, that there's a 40 year career, you don't need to do everything in the first 10 or whatever, yeah. whatever it is, right. But um, it, to me to hear you say someone was asking you for coffee that just blows. I mean, I still can't even comprehend that. But for oh, you, yeah, and like you know, rudely, too. Oh, oh, my god. It goodness. was like, I like it with, you know, too sweet and low. And I was like, cool, I like Good. equal and cream. Yeah. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> But what would you say to women today who are in your position? I mean, you're you're not because you had to work twice as hard probably, right? <laughs> I mean, because it's like I had to now prove myself even more and I have to be this level to do this, to be, to have some respect maybe. But help women not let that barrier get you. How, how did you push through that besides, yeah, I like cream and sugar too. Good luck, you know, but. I mean, yeah. what are other things um, that you can think back and what, this is what I did to push through that moment. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny, right? Because some people sometimes say, oh, like Lindsay, you do these things and you handle them with a plum and like, it doesn't even look hard. And I think the thing is there, like people see the 10% on top of the water of the tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. and they don't see the 90% underneath of, you know, the times where, did a conversation rock me that happened in person and I would get back to my car where no one could see me and I would sob, right. you know, like, because people were just heinous, you mm. know? Um, and I would still say even to this day, because I look how I look and I dress how I dress and I act how I act and I say what I say, people, um, still, I still have to be 20% better than the best man in the room. People right. are always looking for, um, me to fail in some way because then they can point and be like, well, like that's what's mm -hmm. wrong because you know, whatever. I mean, I had colleagues at a different firm and they've got some moles in their environment that they don't know about, but you know, they said I couldn't possibly be a good attorney because of the way that I dress and the way that I do my nails. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize that my physical appearance was the thing that um, dictated whether or not my brain worked well. <laughs> so wow. uh, It is what it is, but I would say, you know, you can never let that um, show that it's shaking you. If if, right. if it's shaking you, like, 
hide that stuff. You need, you don't let them see it because the second that they do, I, I think a lot of people smell blood in the water and they say like, Oh, I can dig right. in here. Right. Um, it's the fight isn't over. Like it's, we've got a long way to go. And so people need to like continue to push on and they can't think, Oh, well I waltzed in the room and you know, everything is going to be wonderful and, and sunshine and rainbows. It's still not in my world. It's the man's world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't make that more clear. It's 98% male. (laughs) And so, um, it, it is just one of those things where you just, people just have to understand that it's going to continue to be hard. It probably isn't as hard as it used to be. Let's admit that, but it's not going to be easy and you have to be prepared for that. And you have to be prepared to be better than everybody else right. that's around you. And, and you've got to put in the time to do it. <laughs> you've got to be prepared to react. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 100%. because like there, there is a, I'm sure you have a really good support system so that when you do go to your car and you're like, I got to sob and I got to get this emotion out, or I've got to vent, you have a support system that you know you can go to, mm-hmm. right? Versus yeah. let, let everyone around that, that unfortunately doesn't, don't, they don't want your success. They don't think of your success, right? They don't want you to succeed in it. So but, you know, one yeah. of the things you, you are passionate about is small business and helping businesses. It's not just I'm VC and I'm in this big name and I'm going to, you know, you really have a passion about helping that smaller business or that woman owned business. Um, talk a little bit about um, the passion behind that or, you know, you could just work for five big clients, but, you know, you might have 20 smaller ones. Tell, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um- I think it's just sort of been a coming of age where, you know, women are in a place now where it's normal for them to run the business or be the CEO Mm -hmm. or run the show. And I think a lot of women specifically, you know, they second guess themselves. They want everything to be really perfect all the time. And that's fine, except for we miss a lot of opportunities and we don't do that. So, Mm -hmm. or when we do that, excuse me. So we need to sometimes just go. And so, some of the things I think about is like, how do we push people to go a little bit faster? Why? Because I want to see them be successful. I want the business world, the working world, the legal world, the finance world to look like the rest of the world around us. Like all mm-hmm. of the businesses shouldn't be owned and controlled by, you know, a middle-aged white man. And I have nothing against the middle-aged white man. I love my middle-aged white man husband. Okay? Right. But- <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not real. That's not, that's not how we get the best of the best. And, um, and so for me, it's, you know, I think my parents made a ton of sacrifices to allow my siblings and I to have really great opportunity. And I would be um, really mad at myself if I didn't take that opportunity and turn it into something really great. So I want people to have everything that they could ever dream and desire. It's people ask me, they're like, Lindsay, you leave money on the table. Like, why do you do it the way you do it? And it's like, well, sometimes it's not about money. You know, sometimes I tangibly just want to see people be successful. Right. And because that makes the whole world better. Right. When and I always say this, when the U.S. economy and marketplace succeed, the world succeeds. We're, yeah. we're still that. And, and so how do you help as a CPA or as a venture capitalist or an attorney? How do you make sure that that's happening? And when 80 percent of America is small business, then you have to jump in with that small business. Right. right? 
Now, right. one of the things about, you know, the barriers and, and we talk about middle-aged white men, um, I'm married to, we're old, we're, we're the older white, <laughs> I'm old, the older <laughs> white guy that's 58, but, but I mean, w- women too, though, can be the barrier to us. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you have enough stories. I don't want to, we, we don't mm-hmm. have time for all of them, but, you know, speak to the audience about, don't do that. You know, how, how do you communicate? Because ha- I'm sure it happened to you. Can you believe that she's this? Or can you believe that she's that? Or why did she get this privilege? Or what, you know, yeah. women can be really tough on women. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, it's just really sad, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think when people behave in that way, male or female, but ma- females have a tendency to do it to other females for whatever reason, Um it's usually a reflection of them. It's not a reflection of us, right? It's a reflection because they don't feel good about themselves. They don't feel enough, all of those things. Unfortunately, that's not my problem, right? Right. That is a them problem and not a me problem. Um, But gosh, like the amount of energy that I have, I have watched people expend on trying to point out flaws or discredit me or things of that nature if they would just apply like 20% of that energy into like doing something for themselves, holy hell, could we, you know, have a place that would be so much better. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is just like, look, you can waste your time trying to attack other women because you don't feel good about yourself, or you could take yourself to therapy Mm -hmm. and you can figure out why you're doing this. And then you can focus on you and knock the cover off the ball. Like for me, I literally don't care what the people who have done less than scrupulous things to me in my mm. life are doing today. I, I couldn't tell you what they're doing. I literally could care less. And I just wish that they would think about it that way too. Like just mm-hmm. get in your lane, know what that lane is, stay in it and go. But unfortunately I've seen, especially in my industry, it comes back to, I think a lot of people, because I hide um, if something's upsetting to me or has frustrated me or, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm anxious about something, I hide it really well. Like, I don't think it's something that the outside, not that I don't feel it. It's just like, I don't think it's relevant to the outside world right. that they need to see it. And I just don't think people understand that, like, it didn't come easy. It came with a lot of scars, like mm-hmm. the stress of doing what I I mean, my life now is, is, is wonderful, but not that it hasn't been the whole time, but the stress of what I was doing when I listed off the approximately five full-time jobs that I had at one time almost killed me. Mm. So I had this mass that formed in my sinus cavity and my frontal lobe that was literally killing me. Mm. It was cutting off like air. It was cutting off all of these things. He couldn't figure out why I was sick for like six consecutive months, but like Mm. my body just registered, like we can't do it all anymore. And so I think people just don't see that there's like, we all fight our battles. Like instead of fighting battles with each other, if we fought a common battle and move the ball forward differently, we'd all be in a much better place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hopefully the audience really heard that, absorbed that, think about your behavior, women with women, especially, and even women with men, men are not the enemy. They're they're just not, they can be your biggest advocate you know, so, but let's talk your craft because you are really good at your craft and you spoke at the women's leadership conference last year when it was virtual and on, yeah. on a Friday, you were the last one, right? It's like, oh my was God, the I know, was the but I'll tell you the women at Brady where we were all in a room together watching the conference, they were so energized by man, I am not sure what she does, but man, she knows what <laughs> she does, right? And she's got energy behind it. So now we're in this market in 22 going, 
Uh, yikes, you know, it feels yeah. like it kind of feels like 2008, except on steroids. So talk <laughs> about, you know, VCs and what's going on and give some optimism to people right now sure. where we're going. Are we really good? Yeah, we're still really good. It's just not the greatest, maybe, but I'll let you yeah, I'll let I you mean, answer the question. There's, there's lots of things that I think are less than ideal, you know, inflation, less than ideal, interest rates going up less than ideal, but you know, the Fed's doing that because they're trying to slow a train down. Right. right? So they anyone who's paying attention to economic theory, like that's why they're doing it. Hopefully it's like a short term thing, mm -hmm. but you know, overall there's tons of opportunity that remains in business. And so, um, you know, some of the greatest businesses in time are spawned out of times of recession because people go, I've got, I see a problem. I can create a solution. I can get people to pay me more for the solution than, mm -hmm. the, you know, the yeah. problems so like let's rock and roll. And so first of all, I think there's an opportunity in that always. Um, secondly, venture isn't as economically impacted by massive macro scale economic downturn. You know, people might be a little bit more um, cautious with evaluation of a business or they might be a little bit more cautious with cash, but the right businesses that should be getting the funding typically don't have an issue getting the funding. Right. And if the business is kind of in the right place at the right time, um, they're still going to continue to excel despite what the market is doing. So one of the things I tend to encourage people to do is like, look, if you don't love what the market is doing, you can hedge against that by investing in alternative investments, mm -hmm. be it venture, PE, things of that nature. Um, and so now I think is an appropriate time to do that. I don't think it's the time to like sit on cash and go, man, I, I, right. I'm afraid I'm going to put this under my mattress. <laughs> I think it's time to say like, Hey, what, are there some things that I'm really passionate about or have knowledge base in that I can invest in that, you know, might be startup or small businesses or whatever the case is going to be and see if I can, you know, make some money. Yeah. I mean, in 08, I can remember it pretty clear where it was like, oh my goodness. And, but it was a good wake up call, just like maybe 2020 when we were all in a pandemic, but there was a lot of people who said, okay, now what? And, mm -hmm. and they did. And right now the people who are going to go now, what, and what do we got to do just to climb this hill? It's a little ha It's a little taller. Right. And yeah. I was telling a client this morning, we were and he said, I'm sitting on this much cash. And I said, that's fine. If you don't want to grow, if you don't want to yeah. reinvest, if you want to go earn 2% for a while, if you, whatever it is. Right. I said, because it, it, it it's, there's a paralysis to that. Yeah. And yes. I'm not saying go out and just be crazy, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of opportunity in market right now. And yeah. you can't, you can't listen to yesterday's news on target lost, whatever, you know, you've got to go, okay, it's probably a bad day for target, but it doesn't mean it's a bad day for everyone. Well, that and the index, the market usually indexes up right over time. Right. So right. yes, there's good days and bad days in there. You can't look at it in a, a right. one day time frame. Yes. Are there days like that have been worse than others like sure. in 1929 and in yep. 2007 and eight? Sure. Right. But like, look how the market has rebounded since and overall right. the market does continue to index up. So, well, and, and just to give women some encouragement, I mean, the, the venture capital money's out there, access to capital is out there. And we tend to yeah. think it's not there for us. 
So mm-hmm. bankers don't sit and go, here's a pile for women, here's a pile for men, right? They don't do that when they get mm-hmm. an application. No. They, it really isn't that way. Some of it is what industries we tend to choose, maybe are tougher to finance or, you know. But, Sometimes. you know, let's encourage, you know, how can you encourage women today to keep, no, keep asking for that, you know, venture capital. Keep pursuing sure. it. You know, don't give up on it. How do, what, what do they do? Yeah, so first things first, the answer is always no unless we ask. Right. And so if we don't ask, we don't love get. That. I okay? love that. <laughs> and we should be, it, it, it's almost shocking to me when I ask for things, what I get. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just by asking. And then I get mad at myself for not asking for more because right. I'm like, well, they're just going to capitulate to this. Like, geez Louise, right. what would they have done otherwise? But I mean, I always start from a place of extreme fairness. So I feel good about it. And hopefully they do too. But alas, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so first, <laughs> ask. Yes. Second, um, there is an interesting thing happening in market where, um, yes, the SEC, you might hear some of this on the SEC side, ESG, environment, mm-hmm. sustainability, governance, where we care about governance in terms of like, what does the diversity of a board look like? What does, you know, um, diversity of maybe funding look like or things that get invested in look like. And so companies have been putting out mandates to say, yes, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion is incredibly important to us. And I'm saying, I'm talking here on the corporate side and oftentimes corporate Mm -hmm. investors are investing into venture funds or they have their own venture funds either way. Okay. But they have a lot of times mandates that they are needing to deploy capital into women and diverse led businesses and a portion of their monies need to go there by their corporate mandates. And so we have never seen it like this before. So the wind in a lot of ways is like at our back. And when the mm-hmm. wind is at your back, you got to sail. Okay. That's just like yep. what you got to do. And it's scary and it's crummy and asking people for money is hard, but like, so is sitting where you are right now today. So mm-hmm. From my perspective, it is get out there, take advantage of the wind at your back, find allies that are in some of these different uh, organizations, and maybe not even just an ally, but an accomplice, like someone who, you know, really wants to see something be successful for whatever reason. We're all personally motivated in some way, shape, or form. So what's moving those people and how are you helping them achieve their goals and make the story simple for them? Like, a lot of times it is a no brainer when you're like, Hey, company insurance company, I am a female and I have an insurance technology that could help you. Here's how it can help you. It can help you on your DEI initiative. It can help you because we make your stuff more efficient. It can help you make the story simple so that they, they can go, Oh, like, yeah, that, that does make my life better. Like, look at this easy thing that I could do right now. And it's never easy, but you get conceptually what I'm saying. You know, I, I'm involved with the Ohio Women's Coalition, and I was just talking with Rachel uh, Winder, who's the executive director. You're familiar with her. And mm-hmm. she said some exciting news was that, you know, Intel, of course, is coming to the region. And 
they, so of course, Rachel is, is strategic in, Hey, you know, how do we, how do we get a conversation with them? They are so excited. Intel is that they're going to get to talk to the Ohio women's coalition and hear about it to know what can we do because we're coming to the region and you're right they're They want to invest in this, right? They want to give to this and not just give the Ohio women's coalition a check, but it's like, how can we help women business owners? What businesses are women owned? Who is certified? I mean, it's an exciting time. You're Mm -hmm. right. You know, so, so what I hear you say is to get up every day and do what you're supposed to and tell your story. Cause if you do, and then of course, ask the question that you, you want the answer to. So that is why I just love Lindsay Stenzel. I love listening (laughs) to you, even with your Ohio state, um, you know, LinkedIn things that are out there. It's just always so very, very cool. But we'll, uh, we'll close today with um, just an inspiring something from Lindsay Stenzel to the audience of, you know, on whatever comes to your mind. I don't know if that's a terrible sure. question. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so that's actually um, when I was little, my parents uh, read me a book. Same, We read lots of books, but mm-hmm. one book we also read every single day. And the book was called Dugan the Unusual Duck. And my dad always said it like Dugan the Unusual <laughs> Duck. <laughs> love it. Love it. And um, summation, uh, Dugan had some um, disabilities, we'll call it. And he was different than the other ducks, but those differences made him very unique in a mm-hmm. litany of ways, which allowed him to be successful in a litany of ways that other people couldn't be successful. And at the last sentence of the book is, don't be afraid to be different. Our differences make us special. And so it's one of the things that I have lived by my entire life. You know, I have, I don't own a suit. I am a lawyer. I'm a partner in a law firm who does not own a suit, <laughs> which I, is a little challenging going to a meeting with the CEO of Chase yesterday where I was like, what does one wear? Yeah. To this <laughs> one wears what you always knock it out of the park. So I say, wear what you want. But you know, I sort of embrace that in every aspect of my life. And I mm-hmm. encourage other people to do it too, because I think when we are authentically us, the, the differences that do make us special, we are more comfortable in our own skin. And when we're more comfortable in our own skin, we're not wasting our energy, even if it's a little bit of energy on like, oh, my suit's uncomfortable or, you know, my, my hair's not done the right way or whatever, you know, instead you're just out there being comfortably you and pushing forward, whatever the thing is that's motivational to you and moves your soul. And so I, I desperately encourage people to not be afraid to be different because those differences make us special. And that is what ultimately can drive us to be oftentimes recognized and respected for the things that we do every day. Okay. You had me at the duck, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, what a what a fabulous way to end. Um, and I just appreciate you giving up your time today. I know you're very busy, but what an inspirational message that my audience gets to hear today. So I so appreciate. Again, thank you for joining us, Lindsay Kara Stencil. As your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will grow. You need to be prepared. And you can do that by going to our website, bradyware.com, to find out more about us and the accounting services that we provide. All this and more about the podcast can be found in the episode show notes.